Shalom and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Brutal Planet right here on Yeshiva Radio as well as your local radio affiliate. My name is Christopher Fredrickson. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with each and every single one of you here today as we go through this week's New Testament reading for the Torah portion, Vayechi. Vayechi means, and he lived. Now, one of the things that I usually do is I tend to usually go through first for its Zion's uh, readings for the New Testament because there's no set readings for that of the New Testament. Now, the thing that you'll notice is that whatever ministry it is that, uh, they, that you enjoy, the thing that you'll find is that considering there's no set readings for that of the New Testament, many of them will have many different readings for the New Testament, but they will have the same Torah and half Torah readings. Now, today, I decided to do something a little bit different, decided to go to a different reading than what is uh, from most of the ministries that it is that I follow and look at and so on and so forth, because there's a concept in which it is that I want to highlight here today that never, ever gets talked about. So the New Testament readings that we're going to be looking at here today are from the book of Luke, chapter 4. Verses 1 through 13. Let us go and read those. Now, one of the things that I usually do is usually I go and I look at, you know, many different translations that I tend to use the Orthodox Jewish Bible rather often, but I've gotten so many emails from people saying that the Yiddish and the Hebrew have really confused a lot of people. So what I ended up doing today is use the, um, the, uh, the Dalage Hebrew Gospels. Uh, okay, so that's what I'm going to be reading from. Um, in terms of these readings here today, in terms of the New Testament, okay? So let us go to Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Rather long, and it says, Yeshua returned to the Yarden, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit carried him to the wilderness. The Satan tested him for 40 days, and he did not eat anything during those days. After they had come to an end, he was hungry. The Satan said to him, If you are the Son of God, speak to this stone, and it will become bread. Yeshua answered, See, it is written, that man does not live on bread alone, but on everything that comes out of the mouth of Hashem. The Satan brought up, uh, brought him up to a high mountain and showed him a single moment all, uh, all the kingdoms of the world. The Satan said to him, I will give you this entire dominion and its glory, for it has all been handed over to me, and I will give it to whoever I desire. Now if you bow down before me, everything will be yours. Yeshua answered and said to him, Depart from me, Satan, for it is written, You shall bow to Hashem your God, and you shall serve him only. He brought him to Jerusalem and stood him on the corner of the roof of the holy temple. And he said to him, If you are the Son of God, fall down from here, for it is written, He will command his angels regarding you to protect you, and their palms, and on their palms they will bear you, so that your foot will not strike a stone. 
Yeshua answered and said to him, Indeed, it is said, You shall not test Hashem your God. When the Satan had finished all the testing, he let him alone for a time being. Now, in terms of these readings here, if you have read the Torah portion by Yehid, you say to yourself, what does this have to do with Parshas Vayehi? Now, a quick little overview. What is it that we see within Parshas Vayehi? What we see within there is that, first of all, we have the death of Yaakov. Then, at the very end, we have the death of Yehosef. In between those times, uh, or of Yosef, rather, and in between those times, what we end up happening, have see happening, is the blessings that are brought down from that of Yaakov Avenu to that of all of his children, and also to two of that of Yosef's children as well. And so we say to ourselves, what does this have to do with the Torah portion? Well, let us go to Genesis Chapter 15, verse 26. Within there, in the Hebrew, it says, Vayomot Yosef ben Miah, Vaeser Shanim, Vayachantu Oto, Vayesim, Baaron be Mitzrayim. And in the English, it says, And Yosef died at the age of 110 years. They embalmed him, and he was placed into a coffin in Egypt. Christopher, what does this have to do with Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13? It doesn't seem to make any sense why it is that you chose these readings here. There is indeed a, re a reason for this. One of the things that's interesting about this week's Parshas is that we have the same issue that we see within Chai Sarah which is the life of Sarah. Then within just a couple of verses, Sarah herself passes away. Within Vayehi, and he lived, we see that we have the death of Joseph, and we have the death of Jacob. It doesn't really seem to be that much about life. One of the things that we can always think too is when we've been told there are two things that are guaranteed in this world. Death, and taxes. We can always think about this, but the question then becomes, what is the legacy that it is that you leave behind? The thing about it, though, is that whenever we go into prayer, we always end up praying, Elohai Avraham Avenu, Elohai Yitzhak, Vi Elohai Yochov, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. This is something that has been a part of Jewish life. This is something that has been a part of the things written in the Sador, something that we find within the Talmud, within the Tosefta, and this is a phrase that is often recited by most within that of Judaism at least once a day. And so when we go and we, we recite this, we think back to Avraham Avenu, to, to Yitzhak, and to Yochov. We think back about their lives. We think back about the things that they have, have accomplished, the struggles in which it is that they have, and the things that they had overcome. One of the things that we've been talking about within the Friday night studies over the past couple of weeks is this concept 
of Mashiach ben Yosef. We've been going through the Torah portions and looking at the parallels between that of Yosef and Mashiach when we go to the Messiah in the Torah. This is a concept that is talked about by Chazel. It has been talked about all throughout the ages within that of Judaism, awaiting Mashiach ben Yosef. Us as Lapid Jews, we affirm that Yeshua HaNotzri, Yeshua of Nazareth, is indeed Mashiach ben Yosef, and that he is also indeed Mashiach ben David. So, Christopher, this still doesn't seem to clear this up for me. Why is it that you chose Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, and why did you recite to us Genesis chapter 50, verse 26, telling us that Yosef had died? That's very sad and all, we, you know, I mean, and, you know, it is something that's important, but what is the parallel here? There's something that's very interesting that happens within that of the Bible. We remember two Torah portions ago, where it is that Yosef, when it is that right before he got thrown into prison, we see that Potiphar's wife had gone and tried to get with Joseph, in a sexual manner, as the Torah says, day after day. Yom Yom is what it says within the Torah. She was constantly pursuing him. And we have this story of where it is that she goes and grasps a hold of his garment. And the garment, she is left with the garment as he goes and scurries off. And this is ultimately what ends up going and causing his imprisonment. The thing that we have to realize here is that Yosef was 17 years old. Now, the thing about it is that you could think of when it is that you, some of you men who are watching, who were when you were 17 years old. If something like this had happened, you'd be sitting over there saying to yourself, oh, this is great. You know, this is, this is awesome. But the thing that's interesting is that, first of all, one of the things that we see within that of the, both the Torah, the Ketuvim, the Nevi'im, as well as Brett Tadashah, is that when we have a woman who is a bit of a zona, she's kind of a loose woman, a prostitute, if you will, you, you know, uh, which you know is technically the word zona, but we're just going to say a loose woman, much like Potiphar's wife here that was going after Yosef. One of the things that we see is that, first of all, the Torah goes and makes sure that they have a name. Make sure to go and to name them to say, this is the woman, such as Jezebel, such as Cosby, Bathsheba, and others. The woman is always named. But however, Potiphar's wife here seems to not have a name within that of the Torah. Now, within the Medrash Rabbah, there are guesses to what it is that her name is. And there's many different opinions of who Potiphar's wife is. But within that of the Medrash Rabbah, it is something that is known as Shevi'im Panim Leterah, 70 faces of the Torah. These are not things that deal with halakot. These are things where the rabbis are basically doing the best that they can to make educated guesses in terms of certain things that are outside of the concept of that of halakha. That's why it is that uh, uh, in terms of uh, Bereshit Rabbah, much bigger volume 
than that of of Shemot, of Vayikra, of Bamibar, and Davrim. Because of the fact that most of those are mitzvahs. This is what it is that we have the Mishnah, the Talmud, Shulchan Aruch for. There's not much that is outside the imagination that hasn't already been established within that of Judaism. So in terms of the Medrash Rabbah, a great deal of the focus is upon that of Bereshit. Why? Because there's not really that many mitzvahs within that of Bereshit. And so, not to get off track there, to get back on the track here, here's something very interesting that is that the Baal Shem Tov ends up saying about Potiphar, uh, Potiphar's wife here. He says, the death of Yosef corresponds to the creation of Adam. Yosef represents Adam, while the wife of Potiphar represents the Satan, who is also called the evil impulse, also known as many of you may be familiar with the evil impulse as being that of the Yetzer Hara. Now, for those who don't know, what is Yetzer Hara? You have probably come across many people who when something goes wrong within that of their life, they blame the Satan as though the Satan is always this external force. The fact is that when we go through the scripture, we see that indeed there is an external Satan. But most notably, most of the time, the Satan that is mentioned is the internal, known as the Yetzirah, the evil inclination or the evil impulse, as the Baal Shem Tov says here. Now, within this, the thing is that we have to kill our Yetzirah. Each of us have a Yetzirah. We have to kill the Yetzirah daily, each and every single day. Rabbeinu Bakya, who wrote, Havot Lahavot, Duties of the Heart, who the Ramchal said that he had learned, not read, but learned duties of the heart a thousand times. And it's a two-volume set. I have the set here at home. He does an entire chapter on the Yetzahara, what the goal of the Yetzahara is. The goal of the Yetzahara is ultimately to kill you. The Yetzahara will go and try and kill you spiritually, Try, and then after it succeeds there, it'll kill you emotionally. Then it will go on to kill you physically. And this deals with one thing causing the other to have a snowball effect. When a person has no faith, then it is that their emotions then go all out of whack. When their emotions go all out of whack, then the Yetzirah, the thing that can do them physical harm, will be the thing that it, that they become immersed in. Think in terms of a drug addict. Think in terms of a person who has a sexual addiction and comes down with AIDS. Think about a person who, uh, first of all, is, uh, you know, they, they, they try and support their emotional level by eating. They become very obese and they end up having things like type 2 diabetes. They end up having issues with their cholesterol and, and all these other things. These things snowball, okay? 
And so we have to kill the Yetzirah each and every single day. But it's very interesting that the Baal Shem Tov goes and discusses how it is that Potiphar's wife is likened to that of the Satan. Now, the thing about it, though, is that when we look at Bereshit, the book of Genesis, we have to realize that the ends come about from that of the beginnings. Okay? The thing that we have to understand is that there's this concept within Kabbalah known as Ein Sof. Okay? We tend to see life on this linear timeline thing. I know I've talked a lot about this. We tend to see life in this way. Okay, well, this point is here, this point is here, this one here, here, and there, and oh, now we're dead. You know, the, this is kind of the way that we see this. Hashem doesn't see it this way. The word, the term Ein Sof means the infinite, the everything. And so what the Kabbalists say is that Hashem sees everything happening at one time. The beginning, the end, everything in between. Everything is happening happening at the exact same time. You can think in your own life of how it is that certain events had conspired and compounded to bring about a certain result. Okay? And so through that, you are emotionally, physically, as well as psychologically prepared by these particular steps. Through these particular steps, you gain da'at, knowledge, and chokmah, wisdom, through these things. This is why it is that Rav Shaul, the Apostle Paul, says that he, that, uh, he rejoices in his trials and tribulations. For it is written within that of Tarash Bialpeh, which is kind of an oxymoron if you think about it, written in the Torah which is spoken. But it, it was eventually written down. It says within there that if you go 40 days and 40 nights without trials or tribulations, that you may have lost your share in the Elam Haba, the world to come, the kingdom of heaven, the Machut HaShemayim. You may have lost your share in that place. And so the thing about it, though, is that oftentimes we are tested in a way to be able to bring about blessing. To bring about chokmah, da'at, to prepare us for the very next step. Now, with this, the whole thing with Potiphar, or Potiphar's wife and Yosef, is a direct parallel to what it is that we see in Bereshit, early on within Parshish Bereshit, where we see Hava, Eve, tempted by that of the Satan, causing the fall, the downfall of Adom Horishon. And the thing with this is that we end up seeing that basically we have two instances which are the antithesis of one another, that are direct opposites. The story of Yosef and the story of Adom Horishon, the first Adam. And so with this, we see that Adam, as we end up seeing within that when Adam sinned, when he fell, what happens is that he was initially like a light being. He was, he was indestructible. And this makes sense considering that Gan Eden, the Garden of Eden, 
is said within rabbinic literature to be that of the Malchut HaShemayim, the kingdom of heaven, how it is that Yosef then became finite. It says that his skin became callous and he became destructible. He could die. He could bleed. All of these things could happen after the fall of Adam. And so, the thing that we end up seeing is that what caused the fall of Adam? That was chet. It was sin. That's what caused the fall. Now what we end up seeing here is that we have Yosef. Nobody else is around. The Torah Shebek Tav, the written Torah, says nobody's around. Yosef is by himself. It's just him and Potiphar's wife. So there, there wouldn't be any sort of witnesses to anything that is going on or any of that sort. But yet, he goes and says no to Potiphar's wife at 17 years old. And so, what Hazel says is that when this happened, Yosef went and reversed the curse of Adom HaRishon. Of, he reversed the curse of the first Adam, the first man. He went and he reversed it and was the antithesis of it. And he was able to rectify and to be the, um, the, the individual in which Mashiach ben Yosef was given his name as Mashiach ben Yosef, as opposed to Mashiach ben Moshe Rabbeinu, or Mashiach ben Avraham Avinu, or Mashiach ben Eliyahu, or, you know, uh, so on and so forth down the line. This is the reason why it is that Yosef was chosen. So, when we go to what it is that we read in Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, what we see within there is we can actually say that this may or may not, who knows, have been the external Satan. I tend to think that considering that Yeshua was, was uh, uh, the Zimsum, what is, what is Zimsum? Zimsum is the uh, compressed light of God that is talked within, uh, talk, talk, talked about within that of Judaism. This is why it is that it says that, um, that uh, Aharon and Moshe Rabbeinu were able to speak with God, panim ha-panim, face to face. You know how it is that uh, God was able to take a physical form and, and be known as uh, uh, Malchut Elohim within that of uh, Parshas, I believe, Toldot, if I remember correctly, as well as, you know, Joshua chapter 5, when we see that Joshua goes and bows before this individual that he calls his Lord, and, you know, he's been told he's on holy ground, and all these things, the physical manifestation of Hashem is the Zimsum, where he takes the form of the physical Adam. So, Within Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, we see the similar test in which it is that Adam Harishon himself went through. He was tempted by that of either the external Satan or the Yetzirah. I tend to think it's the Yetzirah, honestly. And we ultimately end up seeing that unlike Adam Harishon, Yeshua passed the test going and cementing himself as Mashiach ben Yosef through this test by that of responding in the same way that Yosef did 
whenever it is that he said, nope, absolutely not to that of Potiphar's wife. Okay, so I hope and I pray that this has been helpful to you this week in terms of understanding something that it is that you may not have known about this week's Torah portion. And kind of makes sense now if you think about why the Torah portion is called Vayichi. Because through this, one of the things that we end up saying about Mashiach is that he lives. Vayichi. And he lives. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for joining us here today. Uh, for those of you who uh, do the Friday night study with us, we will not have a Friday night study this week, okay? Uh, my, my mother, actually, who has uh, just wrapped up 25 years in the Burke County school system, is going to be having a retirement party on Friday. And so I am going to be at that. I'm not going to be able to... Uh, to do the study, but one of the things I am going to do is I am going to go and pre-record and have a, uh, a a teaching for you guys and all that stuff. I apologize to everybody who comes and joins us on camera uh, on Fridays, such as Thomas and um, and Gary, as well as Kathleen and uh, uh, Christopher and his wife Amanda, and you know all of the others you know that show up and all that stuff. I apologize to you guys. Um, but, uh, I will be back next week. One of the things I also want to mention just briefly, just briefly is that, um, we have ministry costs coming up within the next week. We need to raise $250 to take care of our ministry costs. If you want to help us out, uh, with that, make sure to go to lapidjudaism.com. It's one of the things that you, one of the links in the bottom third that you see <laughs> popping up every now and then. If you want to go and make a donation to us, you can click on the PayPal button there. And you could donate through PayPal or you can use a debit or credit card and all that stuff. And anybody who does help us out with those things, one of the things I always end up doing is for those who help us out with ministry costs, if you donate $50 or more, you get a full year free of the Hebrew and Aramaic Learning Institute. It's the other little link that's usually in the bottom thirds. Uh, that you see pop up on the teachings. You get a full year, which is actually a $200 and, uh, uh, $260 value. You actually end up getting that for, the fifth, for if you do just over $50, you can do $51 and oh, check it out. You got $50 and one cent. You can end up getting a full year, you know, um, for that donation because we really appreciate you guys helping us to keep this ministry going and to uh, help us to get these teachings out to uh, all of you all throughout the world. I mean, it's just amazing that I that I get to do this each and every single week and I've been able to do this for the past 15 years. You know, um it's an honor and a pleasure. So, be thinking about that, pray about it and all that good stuff and if you guys want to help us out, make sure to go Click on the PayPal button over at lapidjudaism.com. All right. So I want to wish all of you shalom bracha, peace and a blessing. And I promise you we will have a pre-recorded teaching for the other parts of the Torah portion, the um, the Semitic language portion, the Hasidic uh, portion, or the Hasidic thought in the Torah portion, the Shadows of the Messiah portion, and the Zohar segment. I will have a pre-recorded for all of those. Um, if it's not up on Friday, it will definitely be up on Saturday. Okay? Shalom brocha. Peace and a blessing. Shalom. So you want to learn Hebrew or Aramaic or maybe both? 
make sure to check out HebrewAndAramaic.com. All three of the instructors on the website have accredited Moray licenses to teach the languages that they teach on the website. You can take the lessons on your very own time, and they even have a Roku channel so you can learn from the comfort of your very own couch. With over 200 videos going step-by-step -step through the languages and all the various scripts and over 100 PDFs of exercises and quizzes, this is the most thorough set of lessons you'll find anywhere on the languages of the Tanakh and the Brit Hadashah. So visit HebrewAndAramaic.com today and sign up for only $15 a month.